Welcome to Sound Mind, Sound Body Stories, a podcast with me, Tegan Nash, and powered by ASICS for anyone and everyone on a mission to improve their health mentally and physically. Anima Sana Incorpore Sano, Sound Mind in a Sound Body, is a philosophy I share with millions of people all over the world who are either just embarking on their journey to a healthier self or well on their way to achieving mental and physical excellence through movement. Today's story is from a guy whose family is full of sporting prowess. His brother plays cricket, as does his sister-in-law. His fiancée was an athlete, and he is one of the nicest and most down-to-earth people you could ever hope to meet. Olympian Brandon Stark is a Commonwealth Games gold medalist. He is a dog lover and an accomplished photographer, not to mention a pretty good dancer. This is my chat with Brandon Stark. Brandon Stark, thank you so much for joining us today. Very excited to have you in here. Can you tell everyone listening just a little bit about yourself and how you got started? Yep. Uh, well, thank you for having me. I'm 27 and I'm a high jumper. Was yeah, that ba- always something that you wanted to do or did you sort of no. fall into it? To be honest, my first kind of sporting love was soccer. Yeah. But throughout our whole childhood, our, our whole family was very sporty. Mm-hmm. Growing up, I had a brother and two sisters um, and we did a various amounts of sports, um, soccer, cricket, t-ball. Yeah. Uh, we did a couple competitions of 10-pin bowling. Um, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not um, embarrassed, but I did tap ballet and acrobatics. That's fantastic. Um, I think I that – so I was a dancer growing up yep. and I think it teaches you a lot about like coordination. Um, I'll Thankful that my parents put me in it, whether that be... Was it something that your sisters did and so you were like... So we were dragged along with it? You were dragged along <laughs> as well. Because so. that was like, you know, uh, I didn't want to do nippers, but my brother did. And so then I was dragged along okay, to nippers. Yeah, yeah. So. Yep. Looking back at it, it was, yeah, really important in, in I think, developing. No judgment. I yeah, think no, it's, no, no, no. everything's no. a learning, like yeah, learning curve. Well, even yeah. my coach thinks that that has kind of helped me yeah. on, this, on my high jump journey. Oh, um, I think it definitely yeah. would. Yeah. Yeah. Especially being very body aware. I think you, you learn a bit of that when you're doing that, those sorts of things. Yeah. But yeah, as growing up, kind of just kept kept doing the, the athletics, soccer and cricket. And they were the kind of main things. And then I actually tried out for my school, Hill Sports High School for soccer and athletics. You could try out for two sports. Yeah. I didn't get into both, which I was pretty bummed about. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then... Going to my primary school region carnival, uh, I guess I did okay and the school approached me saying, do you want to come? So I said, okay, you said no, but okay, yeah. cool. So, <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> yeah, so I, I went for athletics and I think that's that's the thing that kind of kept me, I guess, more towards athletics rather than soccer. Yeah. Um, and then obviously we could train whilst we were at school um, and then kind of keep going from year 7 to 12 and I guess the natural progression if if you're kind of good at it, you kind of keep going with it and you like it. And yeah. Soccer kind of started to have a back seat and same with cricket and yeah, and then I guess you grow up and now I'm here. So so who saw that potential in you uh, to sort of pursue and like lead you on the path to do high jump? So that's my current coach, Alex. So I started with him in 2015. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I approached the coordinator at school. I said, look, I want to try training outside of school. Do you have any anyone I can go to? She asked 
one of the coaches at school who used to coach Alex and said, recommended, look, he's, he's coaching. So I got in contact with him. Turned out that he was kind of filling in the coaching for his wife, Nicole, who was having a child. So kind of matches up with how old Gabe is, how long we've been together. Oh, that's <laughs> um, nice. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, so then Alex was still training. Uh, when I started with him and, and that's kind of where it all started and we weren't even specifying in high jump when I started with him. It was a bit of hurdles, triple jump, high jump, mm-hmm. kind of jumpy events. Yeah. Um, and then once we started competing a little bit more outside of, you know, the, the, the regular school comps, uh, that's when I think the high jump was the one that I guess excelled a bit more. Yeah. Um, and yeah, obviously – I'm going better at that. I'm going to keep doing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what does training look like for a high jumper? Uh, currently, you know, it involves gym work, a lot of technical work, uh, a lot of running because you need to run before you can jump, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but back back in the day when I did first start, it was a lot of um, technical drilling. Um, yeah. Like repetition? T- yeah, 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 yeah. But like literally learning how to run properly first. Yeah. Um, and, and Alex was very, very good technically at all those drills and because he was still training when I started with him, he could literally show me how to do something very well and I would copy because I was a very raw kind of athlete, didn't have any bad habits or anything. As you get older, you can start to train more and lift more weights, jump more repetitions to, to try and, I guess, master the art of high jumping. <laughs> Not too much to it, really. Um, I, at the moment, uh, training five days a week. When did you make that transition from like, hey, I love athletics, I'm training, and when did you realize that, oh, okay, I'm an elite athlete now? Mm. You know what? It was probably the smoothest transition ever because, <laughs> you know, you're doing little athletics from tiny tots uh, all the way to under 15s, under 17s, doing stuff at school doing junior junior comps in Australia, then making an Australian team for Youth Olympics. You know, this is something I'm doing kind of for fun. You know, you're, you're young, you don't know really what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And then when I medaled at Youth Olympics, that was kind of the, the point where I was like, hmm. Like an aha moment. Kind of, yeah. Like we could make something out of this. Like let's give this a, a good go. Granted, I was only 16. So from young. Yeah, that's young, yeah. Back then, I was getting support from, from ASICs. I wasn't contracted, but I was getting gear, as, uh, some spikes. And then kind of as I progressed even more, you know, I did I did go to uni for a bit. It wasn't for me. <laughs> but I, I obviously stuck with athletics and going into my, I guess, early 20s, I make the, the world champs team in, in 2013 when I'm 20. So I'm pretty young. Yeah. Uh, and then that's I, I sign a contract with ASICs. You know, I go to World Champs. I'm, I'm thinking, wow, this, you know, I'm being quite successful. And then that's kind of when you become a senior athlete and you, you keep following that pathway of becoming a senior athlete. I guess being successful, that kind of comes with funding and, and it eventually turns into a, a full-time job which kind of gives me the freedom of having time at home, not having to, you know, go to training and then go home for half an hour and then have to go off to work. Mm. Or I have that kind of freedom to switch off and, and kind of, you know, be a bit free. I guess as as I've kind of gotten older, the importance of, of the mental side of it has become more important because I've, you know, been aware of it. When, when I'm 16, 
you know, I'm just kind of doing it. Oh, I'm doing high jump. I'm, yeah, I'm going to training. Yeah. You're just going through the motions. Just through the motions, yeah. yeah. And then once it becomes more of a professional career, you, you learn more things about yourself. You know. Do you think that Laura helped with creating that work-life mm-hmm. balance? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, we, we met on an athletics trip. So yeah. I guess yeah, my whole life has been kind of around athletics. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she's she, she often tells me, you know, <laughs> like settle down, <laughs> stop, <laughs> stop doing this, stop doing that, just have some rest. Just, you know, this is your rest day, have a rest. Yeah. Do nothing, sit on the lounge watch a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so important to have, you know, s- someone in your life that can, I don't know, not pull you back down, but just sort of shake you and be like, okay, we're yeah, taking a break now. E- exactly. Yeah. Chill it, out. Because <laughs> it's so easy to just kind of go, 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 go. You need just some, an, an outside voice just to say, hey, come on, just just wind it, wind it back a bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What do you do to prepare for a competition? Obviously, there's a lot of physical, but you also need to prepare mentally. Mm-hmm. So I think trying to find the balance of, of the two, you know, physically being ready and, and mentally. I guess I'm lucky enough to do this as a full-time job. I basically train and then I'm away from training at home or, you know, recovering, getting physio or massage. I, I spend a lot of time not doing much because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> training takes the bulk of, of time. Being in athlete I, I, I guess i can talk to for most sports it's a lifestyle yeah. you have to think about that most of your life before training you have to fuel your body um mm-hmm. after you have to recover you have to think about sleep you know how much time you're on your on your feet it's a lifestyle you have to think about it quite a lot so mentally i i feel like i'm i'm very good at switching off um and stepping away from the training part of it and i think at the moment uh, i have two dogs uh italian greyhounds uh, absolutely <laughs> love them. Yep. One's, one's six months and one's a year older. Yeah. Um, so that is probably the easiest way for me to switch off and yeah. not think about, you know, athletics mm-hmm. or any sort of anything to do with that. Yeah. If there's pressure, that side of life, I know if I go and hang out with the dogs, with them, take them for a take walk, them for a walk yeah. you know, play tug of war, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. My mind's instantly gone how um, good are dogs yeah amazing oh my gosh i've got a little cavoodle oh, and nice. i just love him to bits yeah he's like my person yeah even they, though he's literally. a dog but he's a no, person they, they, are. <laughs> they yeah. are people they are they're part of the family they are, yeah yeah but i know i know exactly how you feel because they just they have so much unconditional love yeah they do it doesn't matter what <laughs> you do they're always there you know they're so excited to see you when they get home yeah and yeah it's that's that's the easiest way for me to Kind of switch sort of off. switch off, yeah. yeah. And what about before, like a big competition? Do you have any rituals or routines? Any? Yep. Do you, you know, get in the gym? Are you training before you compete? So high jump, you need to be very fresh. Yeah. Leading up to, uh, let's talk about a major championship. There's not a lot of training going on. A lot of rest days. Yeah. And a lot of not much going on during the training sessions. Because I guess you would need to exert all of that energy for the comp. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and just literally just be as fresh as you can before that comp. You you have a lot of time away from the track. If I'm if I'm at home uh, doing doing other stuff to not think about it, the more I think about it, I can just kind of go down a rabbit hole. Do you find you get a little bit like stuck in your head? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I overanalyze if I, I'm watching videos of of myself jumping mm. and I'm just nitpicking it and 
getting too too technical uh, when I don't need to. Yeah. Um, and then then your mind starts to get a little bit fuzzy. And then when you get to the comp, you know, is it done you any good? Yeah. Just trying to find things to you know keep your mind off it. Obviously, most majors aren't. I'm not at home, so I don't have my dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have my wife there, Laura. So yeah, I've got to think of other things to do. Um, photography is another big, like a passion big hobby. hobby. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, it's a passion. Yeah, I. Oh, I've I, seen some of your stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's it's amazing. Yeah, it makes you. me want to get out my drone and take yeah, some shots as exactly. well. I was like, oh, these are epic. Yeah, yeah. That's that's another way to literally switch off. Trying to think creatively, it just takes me outside of the the whole athletics world, um, mm. and and that's an easy way to to kind of switch off when you're overseas. It's easy to just go for a walk and just take a couple of snaps, and you kind of you ease your mind. Yeah. Um, if we're getting really down to it before a comp, yeah, we're not not doing much. A lot, maybe a lot of movies, a lot, right. a lot of just chilling out. Yeah. How do you deal with pressure? Because mm-hmm. obviously when you are training for the Olympics, Commonwealth Games, there's a lot of pressure on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of outside noise, social media. Does that play an impact? How do you deal with that? I think I'm very good at seeing something and just putting it to the side. Mm-hmm. I've been to three world champs and Olympics. I'm quite experienced. So I think I'm, I'm quite good at not really reading into it too much. Yeah. Um, it's kind of literally another comp going into it with a job to do, mm-hmm. why make it any different? I, I, don't, I don't read into it too much. If I do, and if I, you know, start talking to Laura about, oh, this and this and this, she'll, she'll obviously, you know, remind me. But yeah. I can easily just, you know, switch off and not worry about that, you know, watch a movie. Clear, clear the mind and, and not worry about that. You know, why, why spend all that effort worrying about things that really don't matter? Yeah. What about advice for other people? Because I know growing up, uh, I would get I would get really affected with pressure mm-hmm. before I, I used to do cross country. So before cross country, I'd be like, oh, my gosh, if I don't win, mm-hmm. then I've failed. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the point? Mm-hmm. And I remember dad, my dad would tell, tell me as well, I've thrown so many competitions because when I got there, the pressure got to me. And I was like, "Well, I'm just, I'm just not going to race." Mm. And then he'd see the first people like coming in, and I wouldn't be in them. And he'd say to himself, "Oh, we've driven two hours away, <laughs> and she's thrown the race." <laughs> and he'd say to me, "Why didn't you tell me before we left oh. you were going to throw it?" And I, we just wouldn't have driven all the way out here. But it was because I let that pressure get mm. to me, and it worked me up so much that I was like, "I'm going to fail," and then I did fail. Mm, that's tough. Um, from experience, I, I didn't really have any of that because mm. I wasn't always at the top having that pressure of ex- expectation of winning. I, I guess I go back to clearing the mind again. Yeah. If, you're, if you're young, literally try and think about something else prior to the competition. Mm. And even if you're in the competition, try and think about something else. You know, yeah. Maybe put a towel over your head and, and zone out of, of your surroundings. Think about what you had for breakfast. Think about <laughs> s- literally something else. Anything else. Anything than else the- than where you are. Do you meditate? No. no. I've, I've, I've tried. It's not for everyone. No. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've done some like, you know, listening, re- relaxation sort of stuff, but not really meditate. No. Yeah. yeah. Movies is your, yeah, movies, is your thing. Yeah. Cause, and it doesn't matter how many times I've watched it. Yeah, I guess because it's like it takes you into another another world. Yeah, 
I guess. I'm, and so you, I'm you're in it. I'm just focusing on that and yeah. nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. When we're at home, Laura's more of a TV series. Oh, TV series. Yeah. Uh, a bit of a binger. A little she, bit, yeah. 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 Um, can relate. Can but, relate. <laughs> <laughs> but she'll watch the amount of uh, TV shows to add up to a movie. So yeah. we, we could watch a movie, but we'll watch three episodes of something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but whereas I'm movies, like movies, 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 I, whatever it is. That's your thing. It's yeah. movie, yeah. And do you have a mentor or did you have a mentor like when you were growing up? I think growing up, uh, your parents, you know, they, they're they hugely uh, impactful in your, in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, you know, you they're the ones that kind of put you into the sport. Yeah. Um, and, and they take you to training and they do all, all these things for you. Um, so I think they they are hugely you know, impactful in my life. How important do you think that it is for people to have that strong support network around them? Because, you know, I've had friends who have wanted to pursue something in their life, but their parents mm-hmm. haven't been supportive. Yeah. And so they've ended up taking another path mm-hmm. and maybe not being mm-hmm. as happy. My parents never did that. Whatever we wanted to do and... I guess they uh, thought it was okay for us. <laughs> yeah. Um, hugely supportive. Um, perfect example was, you know, playing table, temp uh, bowling, like ballet. Yeah. All of that everything. stuff. Everything. They, they literally never said no. Um, and uh, so much support, you know, including, you know, going to comps, all these training sessions. You know, if you don't really have a supportive family or parents – are you going to get those opportunities yeah. to, and, and you never know where it can take you really. I think firstly, them, they're hugely impactful. And then growing up, uh, my brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, um, he's four years older and he was, he was pretty successful when he was younger. So I think as I was kind of coming through the younger ranks, always had him to bounce things off. You know, even when he was, you know, early 20s and I was still a teenager, he'd always give me some... You know, Good, solid, brotherly advice. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was, you know, in the Australian team in, in, in his early 20s, so he, he was very, very experienced. Yeah, coming up through the ranks, he, he was he was pretty impactful. Uh, but now I think, you know, we're both adults. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we honestly tend to stick away from um, athletics and cricket and yeah. talk about other things, <laughs> you know, dogs, uh, golf. Just stuff life that, outside exactly, of the yeah. sport. Yeah. yeah. Other mentors, I think now, as well as growing up, I guess, uh, Alex, my coach, spent a lot of time with him in the last 12 years, seeing him almost every day for a good couple of hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's been pretty impactful. And then probably my wife, I spend every day with her and she's <laughs> everything. Yeah. <laughs> I, I owe a lot to her um, and I'm very lucky. Yeah. Beautiful. And growing up, were there any uh, sort of competitiveness with you and your brother Mitch mm-hmm. at all because I know that even with my brother, there was always like, oh, I'm going to even just like race you to the front seat of the car or yeah. like. Yeah, we did play backyard cricket, not as much as people think because we were always doing other sport. Yeah. We didn't. Training really, or yeah. competitions. And and exactly, yeah. Like weekends was sport and we had to do homework during the week. So it wasn't a heap of time to do that. But. As we kind of got into probably the teenage years, there was a bit of competitive kind of rivalry going on. You yeah. know, what did he do? Can I kind of better it? Um, 
he he doesn't have a Commonwealth Games medal. Yeah, <laughs> if you're <laughs> so listening, I, Mitch, <laughs> I think I think I've got one up on him. <laughs> unless unless they I think unless they put the men's in in Birmingham. Uh, I know the women's cricket's there, but yeah, <laughs> um, you know we've I think we've both done quite well in our own respective sports, and we're proud of each other. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's good. Great to have that sort of competitiveness, but then also be able to switch off mm-hmm. with each other Absolutely. as well. Yeah. Now you talk about your wife a lot, Laura, yep. uh, and how she, you know, is your rock mm-hmm. and your support system. How did you guys meet? Yeah. Uh, and she was she was an athlete. Yep. As well. Yep. 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 Yeah. Uh, we met on a plane. Uh, ah. Yeah. To <laughs> to Japan. So we we both uh, were on the same booking. Um, we'd never met. I, I sent her a friend request uh, before the flight because I wanted to change my seat to sit with my coach. Started chatting and didn't actually ask to change the seat. <laughs> um, just because we were, you know, chatting. Oh, you competing here? Okay, cool. Yep. And came back and kept in touch and then started dating, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> then that was back in 2014. I guess that's that's what athletics does. He brings people together and yeah, we got married in 2019 and yeah, super happy. Yeah. Haven't yeah. looked back. No. So obviously COVID threw a bit of a spanner in the works for everyone, mm-hmm. the Olympics. Mm. Uh how did you cope? Because obviously you were training for the mm-hmm. Olympics and then they get pushed back. Yeah, it's it's tough. Um, I guess, yeah, as you said, tough for everybody. Mm-hmm. I guess the bittersweet part was I got to spend winter at home <laughs> with my wife, <laughs> yeah. which doesn't happen that often. Usually I'm kind of chasing summer. Middle of the year I'm over in Europe preparing for a major champs. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, uh, I guess, the, the sweet part. Um, credit to Alex. We kind of tried to keep the year as similar as possible, making mock comps when we would have comps overseas. So we we kept training as if we were competing overseas. We had a couple mock comps locally. You know, it sucked that I couldn't compete against other people uh, because I think I was jumping quite well early yeah. on. Yeah, kind of ready to go. You know, yeah. you, you kind of get to there and you're like, okay, okay, let's next do time, this. Yeah, let's go. I'm ready. Yeah. And then yeah, you know, now coming into this year, I've I had my highest season opener. Uh, so I guess arguably this is my best year so far. Yeah, you're ready. I'm ready. Bring it on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you qualified for Tokyo? So two ways to qualify. Mm-hmm. You can jump 233, which is the qualifying mark. And right now there's been 10, 10 athletes in the world. And the second way is through ranking points, okay. which is relatively new in athletics. So for high jump, there's 32 people that make the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Because 10 have already qualified, the next 22 in the ranking points get selected. Okay. Yeah. Currently, I'm ranked third in the world. Great. So, I'm, I think I'm pretty you think you're safe. In? <laughs> safe bet? Yes. <laughs> Hopefully, I don't need the points. 233 yeah. is, is close. I've, I've jumped it before a couple of times. I think this year, I'm in my best shape I've, I've been. So, I think it's close. Yeah. yeah. Now, I've noticed that when you compete, you have two different trainers on. No, that was only a Commonwealth Games. What? So, because um, 2018 wasn't a, a World Champs or Olympics year, those years you get a, a set colorway that ASICS brings out. Yes. And and that's the color we have to wear, yep. 2018 wasn't a year for World Champs or Olympics. Ah. So, there wasn't really a color. So, I asked them, can I... Can I go rogue? Can I go rogue? <laughs> can, I, can I get a pair... <laughs> that I can kind of design and make um, yeah, cool. so I can wear for Com Games. 
and and that's where it came. I don't know why I went for opposites. I just wanted to be different. Yeah, um, I like it. I'm I'm here for it. Hey, that year was amazing. So it, may, <laughs> it could have worked exactly. <laughs> Something that a lot of people have asked me to bring up mm-hmm. is Game of Thrones <laughs> yeah. and the reference, although I've actually never watched Game of Thrones. Neither. Haven't you? <laughs> no. So I've never wa- how did you feel when all of this stuff's coming out on Twitter about Brandon Stark? I've never watched an episode. <laughs> <laughs> never. Well, there we go. Yep. Winter it- is coming. <laughs> <laughs> It first came out in, um, after Rio when yeah. I made the final. There was a lot of Twitter going around yeah. you know, about you know Bran Stark and jump or fly or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, flew over your over head. my head. <laughs> and is there something about high jump that people who don't do it might not know? Yeah, actually, yes. Mm. Everyone thinks that I do high jump and high jump only, like for training. Oh, so that you just. You're just jumping over yeah, a bar. Just jumping over, over and a bar. And over every and day. Over again. Every day of the week, you're just doing high jump. Yeah. No, it's almost the complete opposite. <laughs> <laughs> I think at one stage of my career, we were, we were doing only two technical sessions, two high jumping sessions a yeah. week. Now, we would literally only jump high jump once a week. Mm. That would be a lot if that was the only training. Exactly. You exactly. Were doing. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it's it's very taxing, um, yeah. You know, on your your ankle, your knee, your back, you're coming in and pretty fast and putting all your force weight onto your one leg. Mm. It's very taxing, and and I think if you did jump that often, you'd probably break. So definitely, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I don't. Yeah, high jumpers don't just just do high jump. <laughs> you're not just jumping. We need to every run every single day. Yeah. Brandon is not jumping right now. <laughs> no. <while> we're doing <laughs> this. <laughs> no. What other training do you do? Are you in yep. the gym, weights. Yep. In the gym, yeah, um some Olympic lifting, so some some snatch, some some step ups, some cleans, some squats, but a, a lot of plyos, uh, a lot of hops. We yep. do a lot of hopping over hurdles. Mm-hmm. Um whether that be you know, for one like one step in between, five hurdles, three hurdles in a curve, in a straight line. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of other jumping drills. Um, not just high jump. Um, <laughs> not just jump. Yeah, <laughs> just clarify. <laughs> <laughs> um, and a lot of running. Um, yeah, because it is like a quite a short. Like you need to be able to like sprint. Yeah, well, there's sprint? that. Yeah, the, it's a happy medium of. Being fast enough to be able to jump off it, yeah, but not being too slow where you're losing, like you're not having your. You don't have your, that momentum. Yeah, your maximum capacity of jumping up. Mm. For me, I'm pretty fast, whereas other people are probably more, I guess, power jumpers, where they don't come in quite as fast as me, but I guess a little bit more powerful on the takeoff. But yeah, so for me, running is quite important and and speed. Yeah. And what does sound mind, sound body mean to you? Being an athlete, I think exercising is a lifestyle for me. I go to training almost every day and, and I exercise for a couple of hours. And, and I truly believe that exercise is the best medicine. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm, I'm quite fortunate to, I guess, have a sound body through having been an athlete. I, I can do that every day and, and know that I'm you know, keeping a healthy body. And I think to get the sound, sound mind, uh, it's it's that balance of of having both. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you can't have one without the other. And as I touched on earlier, to to switch off from work or other pressures 
to get away from it, to clear clear your mind as much as you can, whether it be through dogs or photography, whatever, yeah, whatever, whatever your sort of vice is. Yep, yeah, to, yeah, just to clear your mind and and switch off. I think doing that regularly keeps you in a sound mind, really. Mm-hmm. And to, in combining them and balancing them both, I think that's quite important. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you. Uh, you might have a niece or a nephew or to any young person that looks up to you, what advice would you want to give them uh, if they're looking to get into athletics? I, I think if you have the mindset of not sacrificing things and, and making the choice for things, you, you'll go a long way. I think if you start to think you're sacrificing something else for athletics or whatever event it is, then are you really in it? For the right reasons. For the right reasons. Yeah. Um, you know, you want to make the right choices. You want to choose to be training, not doing something else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think making the right choices. But also I think when I was younger, I was very, very good with training. I would I would be very consistent. I don't think I missed a training session. I would, I would rock up. I would do the training session and just being consistent with it. I wasn't always great, but I was... You I showed up. I stayed with there. it. I showed yeah. up. I stayed with it. I trained and eventually started to pay off and now you know i've done some pretty great things so i think there are probably two things that that i would say to them and what's next i i honestly think i will make paris um and 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 be competitive not just okay i made olympics um yeah yeah, i think my body's still got the best to give that's still a bit away hopefully i figure it out before (laughs) before that happens um but at the moment i'm still just all in Thank you so much for chatting with us and good luck for Tokyo. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Okay, so what a great guy. Humble, funny and devoted to his sport. I look forward to following him at Tokyo 2021. That's it for this week's episode. Please subscribe to Sound Mind Sound Body Stories and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also check us out at our webpage at asics.com. I'm Tegan Nash. Thanks for listening. Coming up next week, I talk to double Olympian long-distance runner Jess Stenson. We talk about the disappointment of not going to Tokyo this year and how, with raising a toddler, she plans her races and her life. I always knew that it was physically going to be challenging to run after the changes that occurred during pregnancy and and childbirth, but the logistical challenges I hadn't really thought as much about, just being more organised, planning ahead. Jess Stenson is a remarkable woman and her sound mind, sound body story is the story of a country girl who has pushed herself to the limit and then pushed herself even further. Join me, Tegan Nash, for Sound Mind, Sound Body Stories to hear how elite athletes find the resources to keep their bodies and their minds in harmony. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from.